sanctify us by your truth. Your word alone is the truth. Today, we have a really, really famous parable as a sermon text. To meet this famous parable in depth, can you please pretend that you are hearing this story for the first time in your life? Say yes. Yes, we all agreed. It is really common to have scenes from our tendencies. We already know that. It reminds me of the conversation between the Pharisees and Jesus in John chapter 9. Some Pharisees who were with him heard him say this and asked, What? Are we blind too? Because Jesus Christ healed the blind. And then the conversation goes on. Jesus said, If you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But now that you claim you can see, your guilt remains. If you have a penitent heart, we get a chance to forgive him. But if you kept saying and head up, Lord, there is nothing this week. I'm fine. You missed the opportunity to get a grace and the forgiveness of the Lord. The expert in the law, in other words, I'm going to call him today as the lawyer. And the Pharisees both are the people who believe that they know God already in deep and well. Even though we are believers who have already been saved by faith in Jesus Christ, today I humbly invite you to refresh our function of the faith system and listen to the word of God with a child's heart. In the Old Testament scripture reading today, the Deuteronomy, as I introduced, Moses is once more directed by God to have the entire law and read it to all the people at least once every seven years. I have no doubt the people over there, their memory was way higher than ours, at least mine, since we have lots of things to lean on beside our own brains. When I was young, even I memorized a local Chinese restaurant's phone number. While my parents go out, I have to call them and they order Chinese noodle and they deliver it. But now even I struggle sometimes to recall my house phone number. <laughs> I think I'm not alone. That is why the Lord gives us the Holy Bible in our hands so that we can recall the law and gospel again and again until we are called to heaven. So there is no excuse. Lord, I forgot. He knew we we're going to forget that. So, can you recall the function of the Holy Spirit? John 14, 26 says, The advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, the Holy Spirit will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Do you believe in Holy Spirit? Yes, he is with us right now, not only uplifted your soul, but also to help you, guide you, protect you, and then help you remember what Jesus taught us. Today, 
we humbly ask the Holy Spirit to open our hearts and eyes so that we can be reassured in the word of God and its promise for us. The prophet Jeremiah says, Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. I like this part. They are new every morning. His compassion, his love, they are new every morning. We are human beings. Something happened yesterday. We still continue to this morning. But the Lord, he always forgiven, forgotten forever of our sin. If you bring your sin to the Lord, his great is your faithfulness. Last Sunday, we heard the word of God about Jesus sending 72 disciples in two. So how many groups were there? 36. Great. I'm so proud of you. So those 36 groups sent by Jesus Christ, we learned that they were so blessed by the mercy and grace of God, the Father who gave them a chance to hear the gospel first, then gave them a faith in it, not stop there, and gave them an ability to share the gospel with others. Yes, it is the true believer's joy. Jesus gave us a tangible example of love for our neighbors. Herald of Jesus, like you and me, we go to the villages and proclaim the gospel. And the witnesses live in charity and love others as Jesus Christ did on the cross. The beautiful harmony between our believing faith and doing faith is really required to spread out Jesus' love for the world. As you know, because the non-believers around you, they want to see the differences from us, from you. And we must be different from their earthly lifestyle since their hope is in this earth. But our hope is in the heaven. So I told you many times, your non-believer neighbor, if they understand your lifestyle without any problem, there's something wrong with you. Let us read together the Luke chapter 10, verse 25 through 37. For your convenience, I'll read it in the fake Wisconsin accent. Verse 25. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? The expert in the law asked about eternal life. But as we all know, eternal life cannot be inherited because it is. It is result of God's grace, not followed by our doing. We believe grace is something we get that we do not deserve to have. Jesus replied with another question for him, instead answered directly. What is written in the law? Jesus replied, and how do you read it? The expert in the law answered, love your neighbor, love, 
I mean, the Lord, love, Lord, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. It's something like if, you, if somebody pushes you, immediately followed by. Like, come, Lord Jesus, be our guest. Let this gift. I'm not really sure when Jesus asked him, so what do you see from the Lord, from the word of God, from the law? And then this teacher immediately answered it. Jesus Christ is the incarnate word of God. There are no experts in the law without obeying it. Someone knows by knowledge a lot but cannot doing it. We cannot call him as an expert. Jesus gave honor to them by asking, how do you read it? And Jesus says, you have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. Jesus accepted the lawyer's answer because he caught Deuteronomy chapter 6 and then Leviticus chapter 19. From there, Jesus added the word, do this, and you will live. It really gives him a simple and understandable solution about his question. Sounds like, just do it. You already knew it. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? The man does not want to accept and step back from this conversation because in the beginning, he wanted to test Jesus with his knowledge. But Jesus gave him correct answer. You're right. You know correctly. Just do it. He don't want to step back. So he starts to make a question again on his original answer. I call it as a language game. However, Jesus' kindness and patience dwells on the man. So Jesus gives him a story. Beautiful story. Are you ready to listen? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his cloth, beat him, and went away, leaving him half death. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wound, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Today, I don't want to emphasize on who is the priest, who is the Levite, who is the Samaritan. Jesus asked the lawyer this time, and also, Jesus asked to you this time, which of these three do you think was a neighbor 
to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? Could you answer? Samaritan. The expert in the law replies, as you did. The one who had mercy on him. The lawyer must answer this time since the story was too obvious to make a wrong answer or another question to extend his language game with Jesus. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. The first time Jesus says, do this and you will live. Now a little bit changed. Give him detailed example, a story, easy story. And then, go and do likewise. If someone really inherited eternal life by truthful confession on Jesus Christ, it must bear fruit on one's daily life or the fruit of faith. If someone only understands by brain and pretends like he already got salvation, he has to work hard to bear fruit, which is a man-made result not by grace. We call it self-righteousness. On verse 29, the lawyer's reaction clearly showed us he wanted to prove his self-righteousness. I deeply appreciate to this lawyer. If he did not ask this question, we may have missed the chance to hear the good Samaritan story from Jesus. Even though I believe that every word of God is inspired by the Holy Spirit. I want to ask you, have you ever met a good Samaritan in your life? Have you? Let me share my story. In 2008, I struggled with an urinary infection, which is called an interstitial cystitis syndrome. Something happened in my bladder, but they don't know why, so they put the title easily, syndrome. And then my international student insurance did not cover something titled with a syndrome. Each time I visit the urologist, who welcomed non-insurers in Los Angeles area. And they gave me a bunch of antibiotics. I spent almost half a year with pain in bladder and blood in my urine. Even those doctors asked me, how many girlfriends do you have? They don't understand me. One Sunday, after worship service, we had a fellowship lunch, as usual, with all the church members in the churchyard. At the time, our member, one of the members, medical doctor Cho, approached me and said, I heard you are struggling with your urinary system. He knew my financial situation without insurance. He said, I will do my best to find and fix your illness, my young Pastor Chung. He contacted a couple medical doctors and explained the situation and asked them to jump in the team. I named it later, Saving Pastor Chung. In the Saving Pastor Chung team, there was a radiologist, urologist, I'm afraid to say it, anesthesiologist, 
It's something you yeah, control the pain. And the vice president of the St. John Hospital is like a regional hospital. So I got a surgery. I didn't pay any. While I got a surgery, the doctor biopsies, take my tissue from my bladder. And the, all the extra cost beside the doctor's free labors were covered by Dr. Cho. We did their effort. Months later, my urologist got the result from my bladder's biopsy. They found TB, stands for tuberculosis, in my bladder. It was really unusual because the TB usually happens in your lung and is to cure just three months medication. But sometimes TB settle down, build a house in your brain and spine and then really, really rarely in your bladder. TB is considered one of the most fatal disease still now because if not treated in time, death rate is still 100%. My good Lord extended my life through the team saving Pastor Chung, especially Dr. Cho. Well, my passion comes from because my life is a bonus now in his grace period. From my experience, Dr. Cho is my good Samaritan who goes the extra mile for me, for others, which he did not have to do. Dr. Cho always emphasized, humbled himself. He got amazing care, help, and love from the good people like you when he came to this country with only a couple hundred dollars in his pocket during the Korean War. During the Korean War, he worked and served at the military base in Korea, and one of the captains sent him, helped him to go to this country, and from the shoeshine boy, not really, but the, those kind of workers, server in the restaurant, become a medical doctor in this country. He remembered those love and grace. Ever since this special encounter, we became father and son in Jesus' love. Sometimes my physical father jealous on it. Are there only special people who can be called as good Samaritans? Must be a doctor or must be rich? Must have extra time? Must be retired? Must be smart? Jesus Christ himself gave us the perfect example of unlimited love for another. By his actual life in his world. Jesus Christ gave up his life on the cross to pay for all sinners' ways of sin. Jesus Christ showed his pity and compassion for the people who were in devastation. Jesus Christ taught us, his followers, our true hope is not on the earth, so he ordered us to give away, to give up what we have and share with others. Jesus Christ gave us new and eternal life. We got through joy, even in this simple world, and we got through light, even in this darkness. Therefore, Jesus asked to go out the world and share the good news with others. 
Where is the Good Samaritan right now? Who is the Good Samaritan in this sanctuary today? Brothers and sisters, please do not look around of you. You must be the Good Samaritan. Since you are the one who tastes and see the Lord is good. All the believers are good Samaritans, and all the non-believers are the people who need help. If we are quiet, someone misses the opportunity to hear the gospel. If we do not serve, someone misses the opportunity to experience the love of God through his people like you. Jesus says in Luke chapter 19, I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. You see the urgency? You see that why Jesus sent 72 people ahead of him? If we are quiet, he's going to use the stones to cry out, to proclaim the good news. And also, St. Paul says, how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? Do you really think you can be excused again from being a good Samaritan since there are lots of people who can cover your hole? Jesus commands us as he said to the expert of the law. Please repeat after me. Go. And do, and do. likewise. <laughs> Amen.